Y'all know this is time change this Sunday. Those of you that are here for Sunday school, we've already had that. I want you to know about these young people. They were here early this morning while it was still dark. They were uh, working to go over this, and so I appreciate Seth and Griffin and uh, Barrett and Bliss and coming to share their music with us. Amen? Amen. Folks, we're blessed to have young people in our midst. There's lo lots of churches that would love to have young people and children. And, and I honestly have to say, Amy, about your little girl, she was crying. She didn't want to leave the service. I wish people were crying that they didn't want to leave the service to keep hearing me preach. I, I mean, I have very few people that cry not to leave my service. Most of them, you give them an opportunity to leave, and they're out the door, you know. Oh, Brother Jerry, I'll go help. I'll, I'll do this. You know, we have a, a fish fry once a year, a big annual fish fry, Deacon. It's amazing how many men and women volunteer for that fish fry on that Sunday. See, they'll start cooking early in the morning. Well, I've been around out there. I've watched. It doesn't take all that many people to cook fish. So just thought I'd let you know, heads up. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. The first passage this morning, don't have Stephen here, uh, so I don't have the, the screen for the Scriptures today. But Acts 1.8, I've already alluded to it. I want to share the three scripture passages I'm going to use today for my message. Acts 1.8, well-known passage, some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, in the few moments that we have, help us, please, Lord, to understand our mission and our world in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth in Taft and Rockport and Bosque County in Clifton and Iredale and Valley Mills in Morgan and Meridian and Lake Whitney. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said, in all of Texas and Iran and down in Jasper, and up in Texarkana, and down at the coast in Corpus Christi and Galveston, all of Texas, all of our world, in New York City, in Los Angeles, in Utah, in Idaho, in Colorado, in a little out-of-the-way place called Lauraville, Louisiana, down in Cajun country where they cook crawfish and have it, crawfish and rabbit jambalaya on Sundays after church. You'll be my witnesses. You see, sometimes we forget what our mission is in our world. Those 12 disciples that Jesus had there that day, he said, you will be my witnesses. This is your mission. This is your mission. Second verse of Scripture, Matthew 9, 36, 37. Matthew 9, 36 and 37. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest fields. In Matthew 19, 14, Matthew 19, 14, third verse of Scripture to use this morning. Jesus said, let the little children come to me 
And do not hinder them or prevent them or keep them from coming, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Dear people, God has given us a mission. We still have that mission. And compassion is needed. That's the, that's the title of my sermon this morning. Compassion is needed. The word here for power out of Acts 1-8 chapter is dunamon in the Greek. We get our word dynamite from that word dunamis and dunamis we get our word dynamite i've got uh, bruce green sitting here this morning when they bought their house years ago an old country house out here the old wagner place down where his studio is now there was a case of dynamite that had been sitting there since about 1920s sometime he had to call the atf or fbi came out there to blow it up isn't that right bruce they burned burned it up but it Boom, you know. What does, if you live out by the lime plant, anybody here live out by the lime plant? You do. Do you ever, do, do the glasses rattle in the cabinet sometime and the, the, you feel the windows shake a little bit? A little bit. Because they use dynamite to blow up the limestone to be able to harvest the lime and make it for use. If you live anywhere in the southern part of the county and sometimes out to the lake, we have a large rocket group over in McGregor. Are y'all familiar with that group? When they empower a rocket over there, when they power it up, Sandy and Paul know what I'm talking about. I, honestly, years ago, when the first time they did that, George Bush was president and Bush's compound, his, it's just a few miles from where we live, it's about three miles across the pasture, about nine miles around the gate. When they pound that, when they revved up that rocket engine, and had it go for a little while, I thought, honestly, that somebody had blown up the president's compound. Because I thought, man, there's nothing that loud. And then they did it again. They didn't warn us. There was 10, 000, over 10,000 calls to 911 in McLennan County, folks. Because if you haven't heard that rocket fire up over there, you can hear it sometimes. Same, same thing. We live about 16 to 17, 18 miles from Fort Hood through the pasture. And you can tell when they're shooting guns over there because you will hear the explosive ordinances of those rockets or fire or whatever they are, cannons they're being shooting, it blow up. There's that kind of power, it, explosive power, sustaining power, power beyond ourselves, power to help us accomplish our mission. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And if you haven't been to West Texas lately, guess what? Three largest wind farms in the world are in west texas i want you to stop and think about that the roscoe wind farm starts about abilene goes all the way up y'all start seeing those if you haven't driven out there lately you know what i'm talking about. they have not a clue the whole landscape is literally littered with high powered wind turbines and you're going up and you come to the horse hollow farm it's up between Snyder all the way on up into love. And, and guess what? T. Boone Pickens is building the largest wind farm in the world in the panhandle of Texas. It will empower or power one million homes when it's done. Y'all give that some thought. Now, we couldn't do much without power, could we? Some of y'all would be lost. I, anybody need a broken cell phone? You know, twice now on the way home. Once, I've got a pink one belonged to a young lady. 
She got mad because her cell phone quit working. I'm sure the battery just went dead. That's probably what it was. She, was to she tossed it out the window on the highway down there. I don't know about y'all. I'm still paying on my cell phone. That's not something I'm going to be doing whether it's working or not. I need to get it paid for. And then I have a black one that I, I saw a man. He'd pull, at least he'd pulled over. He wasn't talking while he was driving. He pulled over on the side of the road. But then something happened. Now, I'm not sure it was the power. It could have been he, he was told something, and he didn't like what he told, but he threw that threw it out the window, and I stopped and picked it up. You know, I, I just I hate to see people littered like that, throwing a three or $400 three or four hundred dollar telephone out on the road way like that you know uh, probably some of you techno geeks could probably put both of those back together may need a new screen on both of them and, and a few other things we're so have you ever been in a restaurant when the power goes out and you're there to pay your bills you know and a little old cashier male or female doesn't matter could be a little bone up in years too could be in mid-30s they don't know what to do. They don't know how. They don't know that those cash registers. Most of them have a button in case the power goes off that you can open them up. You know, but they don't know how to add up the bill after. You know, they can't add six ninety nine and seven ninety nine and eight thirty four and then get that total and figure eight and a quarter percent tax on them. And I'm not making fun of them, folks. It's just the world we live in. We are so dependent on our technology. And on our electricity that when we have a power outage, some of us don't know how to function. I'm waiting to see what happens when we get all these electric cars on the road. And the power goes out. How do you think that's going to work? We all need power, do we not? And there are some things that we cannot do. Uh, Brent Powers comes to our early service, and I love his name, Powers, Brent Powers. I've known Brent for over 30 years. Actually, I did their wedding, his and Lori's wedding, years ago. He's the only groom I've ever had come down the aisle with a dozen roses to present to his bride-to-be. I'm going to pat him on the back for that. He got lots of good strokes. Men, hear me. If you want to make your bride happy, you bring home a dozen red roses and see how that goes. But I watched him here just recently. Brent's in the earth-moving business. He... He has big bulldozers, and he's got track loaders, and he's got all kinds of stuff. And There's this little old pond right south of town down here that's been dry for the last two or three years. And while it was dry, he, he dug up some clay somewhere, and he came in there, and he and his group used all of their, their equipment, bulldozers, blades, and stuff, to spread that clay over the bottom of that pond. And guess what happened? It rained, and now that pond has water in it. Now... Had Brent been down there with a shovel, folks, I want you to get the picture here. No power tools, no earth-moving equipment. Uh, Anthony, you know what it's like to use a shovel, you know. Concrete, laying concrete. How long do you think it'd take him to spread all that dirt that that bulldozer did in just a few moments? He'd still be working on it. And the rain would have come and the pond would still be leaking. Part of our problem as Christians is we go without the power of God when we go do things. I'm being as candid as I know how to be because I've done it in my flesh before. You know, what is God's mission for us? You shall be my witnesses. 
you will be my witnesses. The great word here in Greek word for witness is martyris. It means from which we get our word martyr from. You just tell what you know to be true. That's what a witness does in a court of law. A witness in a court of law simply is asked to tell what they know to be true. What do the lawyers do in a court of law? What are they going to try to do, whether it's prosecuting attorney or defense attorney? They're going to try to discredit the witness. That's their job. Well, I want to tell you, folks, some of us don't need a defense lawyer and a prosecuting attorney to discredit us. We discredit ourselves. Hear me. You know, when we go out and we act unbecoming to a Christian, and as a Christian, we discredit ourselves. You ever done that? You ever had a Sunday school lesson on the side of the road and somebody heard you let out a string of words and you misused God's name? What have you done? You discredited yourself. Have you ever told somebody that you do something and then you don't fulfill that promise? What good is your word? Discredit yourself. You see, we're all sinners, folks. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine, and he forgave our sins, and he redeemed us, and he gives us life everlasting. And in the scripture, in the book of Acts, this was their message, a very simple message. He was crucified, he was buried, and God raised him up. We are witnesses to these things. If you look at that one phrase, it's used in Acts 1.8. 122, 2.32, 3.15, 5.32, 6.13, 7.58, 10.39, 10.41, 13.31, 22.15, 26.16. The early church had a simple message. Jesus was crucified. He was buried and God raised him up and we are witnesses of these things because we saw it happen. We experienced it. We know we saw him be crucified. We saw him be buried. We saw the empty tomb. He spoke to us on the road to Emmaus. He spoke to us in the upper room. We are witnesses of these things. You know, in a court of law, a judge hears all the evidence by the attorneys presented. And then along with the jury, a verdict is rendered unless something happens to have the case thrown out or to have it dismissed, a mistrial. In our legal system, it's set up to help everyone have their day in court. Now, while it's not perfect, folks, it's what we operate under. Unfortunately, there have been throughout the past couple of hundred years since we've been having courts, there's been cases where justice was not done, innocent person was sent to jail, some even to death. There's been other cases where guilty people went free. You know, technicality, whatever. To be a witness, though, is vital important to any case. To be a witness to Christ has eternal importance. You know why? Because you or I, one of us, may witness to somebody about Jesus and may be the only person that ever hears about Jesus as they cross our path. We may be the messenger. Now, folks, Jesus is still the message. Second point. Jesus is still the message. We haven't lost the message. Sometimes he's hard to find in our churches. Sometimes he's hard to find in our lives. We have a mission to be his witnesses. Jesus loves us with an everlasting love. He cares about us, provides for us. I've said Romans 8, 28 through 35, 39, 100 times. Nothing can separate us from that love. And then the fourth point is our mission is still to make him known in our world. At home, in the state of Texas, in the United States, surrounding 
countries, Canada, Mexico. The psalmist knew it. He said, if I settle on the far side of the sea, you are there. God goes with us wherever we go, folks. Many companies, including government agencies, have forgotten their mission. Did y'all know that? Some churches have forgotten their mission. And I want to share with you, this is personal with me. I've observed through the years that many agencies make a great deal of work out of things that don't matter. You say, what are you talking about? Folks, we have a food bank right over here. Our church is heavy supporter of that food bank. We have a government agency that we have to answer to, though we get no food from that government agency. Okay? Y'all need to hear me. I spent two hours of my life every year filling out forms for the government agency so that we can operate the food bank. I've taken the food handler's test, folks, six to seven, eight times. Lola's taken it. Steve's taken it. Uh, Stephen Countryman across the street's taking it. Clint's taking it. Even though we don't handle fresh food, we don't make anything, we don't cook food over there, we have to take a food handler's test. Why? Because of a government agency says we've got to do it. See, there's bureaucrats that are always protecting their job. And the only way they can protect their job, I'm being candid here, is they've got to create paperwork to justify their job. And some of you may work in those areas, and I'm sorry, but that's the truth. We've got a lot of paper pushers that are always wanting us to jump through their hoops, right? Now I'm going to get closer to home. Some of you in your homes make a lot of work for the people in your home because you want to control what they're doing. Well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Have you ever heard that? Well, when are you going to do this? Well, why hadn't you done this? Folks, you can literally run your family out of the house by doing that kind of lifestyle. Yes, every family member has a responsibility. But our, our families work together when we help each other, not when we nag, gripe, complain, have hoops to jump through. Am I not talking to the right group? I'm not getting any amens and no smiles out of this group. Now I want you to hear me. The second verse again. And I say this in light of the fact that some churches have forgotten their mission. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Does anybody know what compassion is? Compassion is feeling somebody else's pain in your heart. It's sympathizing with them in their sufferings, in their heartaches, in their difficulties, and doing something about it. It's not just a feeling. You respond. You do something about it. Jesus looked at the crowds, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Folks, I'm glad we've got people who are willing to go into our world and share their faith. I'm glad we've got a list of missionaries that we support from this church that are willing to go and give their life to make a difference wherever their assignment is. And I'm glad we've got 30 people going down to the coast. You know why? Because that hurricane happened on August the 25th through August the 29th. You say, well, that's old news. Yes, it is. And that's the way we treat it. It happened several months ago, but I want to share something with you. The people whose lives were affected, they're not over it. If you haven't seen a virtual tour of Rockport, 
you need to see that all of the garbage, all of the debris, everything is still stacked high around the streets. It hasn't been moved. And when we went down there in late October, two months had passed. And when we went around, what we heard was from the people we were helping is, why are you here? We're here to help you. We're Christians. First Baptist Church Clifford, we just came down to help. Do you need some trees trimmed? Do you need some garbage moved? Do you need your lawn mowed? Do you need weeds removed? We had one man who still had the tree through the roof of his house two months after the hurricane right across the street from the pastor's house from First Baptist Church had passed. And his two young people, his son and his daughter-in-law, were there trying to, trying to clean up around the house. And he had a big blue tarp over that tree. And I felt sorry for him because we didn't have some kind of, that, that's going to take some major equipment to move that tree out of that house and to rebuild that roof. But they asked us the question, why are you here? And I said, we're here to help. Whatever you need us to do, could you mow the backyard? Could you mow the front yard? Could you help us? Yeah, sure. See, Christians, we're going to have those questions asked of us. Why are you here? What is our purpose, folks? Our purpose is to glorify God and to make a difference in our world. It's real simple. To honor Jesus in what we do. And the thing of it is, all those people along our Texas coast and in Florida and in Puerto Rico especially, I mean, who in their right mind hires one feeding company with a couple of employees to feed and prepare so many million meals. That's what our government agency did. Who in their right mind hires a small electrical firm with 11 employees based in the northwest to go down and restore the power in Puerto Rico? You talk about ruined and mistakes and bad government. Folks, we have it. There's people that still don't have power, and it's been four months now. They still are hungry, and it's been four or five months now. And we have all the resources. You say, well, Puerto Rico is just a, it's just a, no, Puerto Rico is a part of our possession. It's, a, it's one of our territories that we control, and we help. And there's still people, regardless of who they are, that need help. Compassion is feeling somebody else's pain in your own heart and doing something about it. Jesus said, follow my example. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. You know, it's funny. In just a few verses below, Jesus ascends into heaven. In his last words, he gave his original disciples, two men dressed in white, I believe they were angels. They asked, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go. Now get to work. What's he talking about? Those angels said, go to work. You're my witnesses. Get with it. You see, folks, I see a lot of people in churches. They're always trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back. I want to share something with you. Jesus is going to come back when the Father's ready for him to come back. If you read up above, the disciples ask him, will you at this time restore the kingdom of heaven? He says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which my Father in heaven has set. Get to work. See, I've always looked at when Jesus comes back, we've got a lot of work to do before he gets here. So we need to get to work, and we need to be ready when he comes back. And I do believe he'll come back someday. In the meantime, he said, you shall be my witnesses. The question is, what kind of witness will we be? 
will people know the love, joy, peace, and grace of the Lord Jesus because of us? Or will they see someone who does not reflect the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus in us? May we all ask God this morning for his empowering Holy Spirit to fill us with his power to love like Jesus loved, to have the joy like Jesus had, to have that peace that passes all understanding and have the grace to show his grace is sufficient no matter what the, what the need or what the reference. Could we pray together? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's so pointed at times and it reminds us of what we need to be about. Help us to always know our mission, Lord, is to be your witness and to let your love and grace and mercy and joy and forgiveness be known in our world. In your name we pray, amen. There's a hymn of invitation we're going to sing this morning. It's wherever he leads, I'll go. I think it's hymn number 280-something in your hymn. It'll be on the screen. Would you stand? I'll be here at the front for your singing.